Welcome to the CX Spotlight. The following is a brief excerpt from our recent webinar about the 2021 APAC CX Maturity Report. In this episode, Steve Nuttall talks about the future of CX and AI with Amelia Diggle, Service Design Lead from Verizon Connect. Final poll question to the audience. Are you using AI as part of the CX strategy? Amelia, are you guys using AI much? We are. We've got, I think we've got two types of AI use. So one is within our actual product that we sell. So Verizon Connect is all about guiding, I love it, it's called a connected world. So it's not just internet of things, it's people as well. So how can how can businesses be more smarter and efficient and safer with their, their vehicles and their assets and their, their drivers and their teams? So it's we're looking at how can AI be used in our products? So like in video um, analytics of, of analyzing you know crashes or near misses yeah. um, so there's that side and then there's also the helping the way we work internally so how can we use ai to help humans do what they do best and and, and be more efficient as for example our sales team use a fancy plugin for salesforce that basically prioritizes their their pipeline their calls when they should contact people and and how did those calls go so it's not replacing humans it's enhancing them and helping them make decisions and be more efficient it's pretty cool finding out what we actually end up using ai for because i think we got a bit excited when it first came out and we were like oh it's going to take over or it's going to do everything and now the rubber's hitting the road. It's it's like, you know, where is it actually showing up? Where is it actually useful? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, look, there's uh, my, my favorite quote is that it's neither artificial because it's very, very real and it's yeah. not intelligent because it's, you know, it, it doesn't obviously mimic human intelligence, but in terms okay. of making us do things more efficiently and augmenting what they do is is important and if we look at you know our audience interestingly are those who answered the poll question anyway you know they're, they're at that kind of investigating stage in the, in, the, in the majority so looking at the use of ai across the market and and by maturity status um again you know when i when this data first kind of dropped out and um, when the, when we closed the survey off um, i just saw those numbers coming out with artificial intelligence use in australia only 40%, and it's gone up 4% since where we were at 2020, but that's not a big jump. And it's way behind the other two markets where we hold. I think Australia has a view that we're quite advanced in the use of AI. I think this uh, disputes that perception. So- You've got to dream it before you can become it. So got the right <laughs> attitude. <laughs> and look, it's, you know, it's, again, it's leaders who are using it way more than laggards. You know, obviously it has, you know, as you said, you know, kind of quite significant efficiency gains at the back end. This is, this is not all about front end interactions. And we'll look at that in the next slide. But it's important, I think, you know, to understand that this is not just about chatbots. You know, there's a lot of this about enhancing and augmenting how our employees operate and work as well. So, yeah, let's look into how it's being used. So the first thing we'll look at is the most common applications of AI for CX. And leaders are using it for, for chatbots they're using it to provide more personalized interactions um, for customers and also using it for frontline employee support so it looks like where the laggards are at you know who are using ai it's more around um, personalization and, and and employee support is that the right place to start build your ai first for your people before you 
kind of let it loose on the customer? I think it's this sort of ties into that complex data measurement gap between the laggards and the leaders as well, because you want to understand where the opportunity areas are, and that's something you get from looking at your data. So I think it's probably more speaking to the gap and then maybe not knowing where is actually worth investing yet. So it could be that, or it, it could be that they're, they're scared. It's unknown and they need to be actually like a little bit of experimentation and just try it out in a couple of areas. So yeah, I think there's a lot in that question to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to the point about, you know, the level of intelligence that, you know, an AI system has and its ability to be predictive and personalized, you know, that, that I think, you know, and, and also to be able to have a conversation, a meaningful conversation with a customer as a virtual assistant. I mean, that's certainly when it starts to shift towards having a, a better level of intelligence. That takes time. You've got to actually, I think that's what people don't realize as well. Like the laggards who haven't started creating a chatbot, when they do make one, it's going to take probably years to get it to have the type of conversations that they want it to have. Cause you've actually got to train it and teach it. Right. And that's a, that's a resource. That's also time and, and more data of yeah. people chatting with it. So it's, it's that gap's going to get even bigger. If they don't have it, it's going to be like, you know, they might have to invest in data sets or buy other people's chatbots from different industries. It's, complex space it is and we you know we've been using and um, trialing ai for sentiment analysis um, to do some thematic analysis when we're doing contextual inquiries for journey mapping work and so on using ai to be able to you know automate the process of journey mapping we've tried a number of solutions there really isn't you know anything quite out there yet that does it effectively i mean i think the conversation analysis tools are getting a lot better and you know, AI for transcription is is getting better but it's still you know fairly basic and often a lot of what we're doing has some fairly complex technical language in it particularly if you're doing you know if, if it's business interviews and so it's quite hard for an AI to you know to train an AI on that you've got to give teach it your context what entities are you looking out for what words and what products and what what things and you've got to basically yeah teach at your industry your space so yeah and i think on the journey um topic that's really interesting because we're we're starting to get a lot better at measuring our journeys and i think the next phase of that is once you've got that data and you've got that view of your end-to-end is you know how can you have the the data telling you about your journey telling you automated notifications you know hey teams focus on this but here this is where you're your most pain it. So I think that's the really exciting future of of understanding your your end to end and then solving that data that data challenge and identifying where you can use the AI. So it's it's like a yeah. <laughs> if you come up with a really good um, tool that automates some of that process for journey map each, please share it. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Yeah. <laughs> now look obviously you know in terms of you know the experience being a laggard and a leader in terms of how AI AI has impacted their organization in terms of the outcomes. So in terms of, you know, staff productivity, and to your point, Amit, about um, augmenting staff, again, real difference, you know, laggards are just, you know, only 12% of laggards agree that AI um, enables staff to be more productive and leaders seeing a lot better benefit there. And whether it's generally performed better than expected, again, leaders seem to be getting a much better result from that as well. You could deploy exactly the same AI 
for two separate organizations and get a very different outcome i think is that is probably what i'm kind of reading from that yeah it's probably in that bucket of trust Mm. Of, of do you trust your teams when they're not at home and do you trust them to use these tools will they want to use these tools um there's a whole it's a whole interrelated with your your trust and your culture i think um yeah, so i think where it kind of leaves us really final slide is you know if we kind of run through what are the six steps that you need to think in terms of how do i improve my cx performance i mean it really has to start at the top because you know, if you if you're approaching this and thinking that I still need to get the buy-in of the senior executive, the board, and, and so on, if they're not leading this, um, it's really hard to get any meaningful improvements. But once you've done that, you've got all the organize for a bigger organization, you've got to deal with all of the different departmental silos. And it's not just it's not just the org chart. But it's, you know, if you kind of did an org chart where customer data sits rather than where people sit, um, you'll see a lot of different data sets sitting in very different organizations, which that still that data can't be shared. So the silos, you know, are, are multifaceted and they need breaking down. Um, and then, you know, once you've done that, you really need to make sure that, you know, you are then um, setting up correct feedback loops and it's not just you know running nps scores and so on but you need to integrate your customer and employee feedback together you need to look at the two not separately you need to do the both um, and they are um, both giving you a different lens on the same issue and obviously that then allows you to really you know drive really strong commercial kpis and we didn't really cover off the kpis that are being used but leaders are much more interested in you know, customer lifetime value metrics and so on, and, and other commercial metrics that, um, that that are really kind of critical to measure. It's not just having KPIs in place, but it's having the right KPIs and the ones that you can actually act upon and the ones that derive that commercial, that show that commercial impact. Because if you're not getting the commercial impact, it's going to be very hard to demonstrate that you've got ROI. And the ROI ultimately has to be linking back to your bottom line as well. And if this is all vague and opaque, it's going to be you know, really hard to come back to the C-suite and say, can we have another further investment in our CX activities? But if you do it right, then it is a flywheel effect. It's rinse and repeat. So there we have it, Amelia. It's very simple, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's design thinking, human-centered process to, to solving real-world business problems. It's, I think it's, it is actually simple. It's hard to do, <laughs> within, you know, within your teams and your your changing ways of working. Um, but it's a worthy, worthy change. It's I think the people who work on these services and products enjoy it more when they they can see what they're doing, see the impact on those, and obviously it benefits our customers and and the humans in yeah. this world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know it's a, it's about just having that you know real kind of passion for the customer. You know, when people have to you know the obsession for the customer and so on. I think it's the organizations that really have that focus throughout all parts of the organization, not just the chief customer officer and the, the service design team. It's it's every part of the business. Yeah, we're all responsible for delivering it and designing it. So and the way way this is laid out is is fantastic because it is a, a it's an iteration. You're gonna yeah. learn as you go through it with each program or project as well. That's right. And there's a kind of one slide you just take with you and kind of just pin that up on the wall. It's, you know, 
just starting from that and just following through. And if you just keep doing that, you'll succeed. Thanks for listening to the CX Spotlight. You can watch the rest of this webinar in its entirety at www.fifthquadrant.com.au forward slash CX reports.